Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer. And we're here in the courtroom of current events. Today, we are going to talk about Hillsborough County's curfew. Uh, We're going to talk about what a curfew actually is, what the punishment is if you break that curfew, and if we think it's going to spread throughout the state now that a large county like Hillsborough has actually put it into place. If you have any questions, uh, you know, regarding the coronavirus or the quarantine or anything at all, you know where to find us on social media at Tragos Law. We have a Peter's Proffer page as well on Instagram and Facebook. You can send your questions through there and we'd love to do a podcast on them and kind of give you our insight when we break down these rules or bills that are coming out fast and furious to deal with the coronavirus. So for now, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. All right, so we are talking about Hillsborough County's curfew um, in response to the executive order, the stay-at-home order. They're just kind of adding on another layer now, being even more restrictive. So, Pete, why don't you tell us what the curfew is from when to when, things like that. All right, the, the basic gist is this. As of April 13th of 2020, you are not to be outdoors, basically, in Hillsborough County from 9 p.m. until 5 a.m., Okay, so how does that conflict with if you are an essential worker, an essential activity, or essential job that you work past 9 o'clock? You know, I don't think it affects essential personnel. So if you're a firefighter, nurse, doctor, let's just say somebody medically essential. Well, I'm that's not- But that's not what I'm talking about because those are more obvious. But what I'm talking about is the essential list, as we did a podcast on it, is so broad and vague Can you still go to your essential job if you start working at 10 o'clock, let's say? I think it's going to be questionable. Um, And law enforcement has the right to stop you if you're out there. And if they they stop you and you say, I am working for a law firm, and technically a law firm is an essential business, and I'm going to work at 3 o'clock in the morning, I think you're going to have problems. I think it is legitimate. I think it is essential. Even if it's 3 in the morning, if you're doing something that has to be done then. A client's in jail. He just got arrested. You're going to jail to see that client. That's a legitimate, essential function. And under this rule, this curfew, you can do essential things. In fact, the mayor even said if you're out walking your dog, that you're not going to get arrested for violating the curfew. Well, yeah, I think if you're, I think it's, it's basically three paragraphs added on to the stay-at-home order. So I think all the same rules apply. And we're, we're not going to go into detail because we already did a full podcast on that. But I think if you're an essential worker under that stay-at-home order, you can still go to work. You can still break this curfew. I don't think it changes anything as far as the stay-at-home, safer-at-home order did. I don't think it enhances that in any way, shape, or form for essential jobs and essential activities. No, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think it's just you can't go to the grocery store after 9 o'clock. You can't no, no, do so. No, no, not true. You can go to the grocery See, store. I, I think you can. Well, I guess then, then then what's the point of even having the curfew? Well, the, the point is because it was it was written when, for instance, 100 people got together for a party. And they went. They didn't have really enough to, to arrest them. Now they can arrest them. Because sitting around 100 people No, together, it didn't change that. That was, not a, that was not an essential activity prior to this. It was, but the, the sheriff's office wasn't able to do anything about those 100 people. That's what they said when they gave testimony at this uh, hearing. They said, look, we're having trouble enforcing this. And they gave him more weapons to enforce it. And that's what this curfew is. It's a weapon. Okay, but 
that's it's still no it's not adding any additional things that you can't do past nine o'clock then if you can still do all the same essential activities but it's easier to prosecute it because what you're the crime then is violating curfew not the crime is but what if i'm doing an essential activity well then you then the burden's on you because you violated the curfew but so how's that changed from the stay-at-home order i'm violating the stay-at-home order by doing a non-essential activity how's that any different now that there's a curfew well, because it's there are less elements. We know how a crime goes. There are less elements to prove in a curfew violation. You're out no, because it's actually adding. To, yeah. it, 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 it incorporates by reference the stay-at-home order. Well, we're getting into the weeds, but it becomes an affirmative defense that you're doing these essential functions, I think. If you but how does that change? Well, that's the problem with this. Because literally everything is an essential work. It literally everyone is an essential employee. I heard on the radio on the way to the, uh, to the office today that apparently um, like WWE uh, is now considered an right. essential in Florida, function in right. Florida. You That's saw true. that, right? Yeah. So the point is, what can't you do? If, it's, if you can do all essential functions or anything that's enumerated in the CDC order as long as you're within six feet, whether you can do it at two o'clock in the afternoon. Or That's what I'm trying to figure morning, out is well, how does it. So, Dad, why don't you talk a little bit about the history of curfews, what their purpose is historically, and, and anything we can kind of gather from that? Well, curfews generally are not favored by the courts. I mean, there really are a constitutional violation. Now, they're a violation of our freedom. And the Supreme Court said that the right to walk the streets or to meet publicly with one's friends for a noble purpose or for no, or for no purpose at all, or to do whatever one pleases is an integral component of life in a free and ordered society. Right, and there are already lawyers in Tampa that are fighting uh, the constitutionality of this curfew, right. and it hasn't even been out for 24 hours. Right. Well, a curfew has to be a compelling state interest, narrowly tailored to serve the curfew's objective. And in the Zemel case, Z-E-M-E-L, there was a flood or a fire or a disease or public safety. They said those are reasons, compelling Which state reasons is, for I think they curfew. have that. I mean, I think right. they have the compelling, compelling state reason if curfews are ever going to be allowed. I mean, this kind of makes sense that it would be allowed now. We're taking measures that have never been taken historically by our country. Well, nobody was arrested the first night. Right. Okay. okay. Well, so The question really is, tell me how it is harder to get coronavirus at three o'clock in the morning than it is to get it at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, yeah. I mean, generally there are less people around too. I'm not, I guess the point is to me, it just seems a bit like posturing. Like they're trying to say, we're going to hammer it down even tighter because people weren't abiding by the stay at home order or the safer at home order. We're going to hammer it down even more. I mean, are they going to ask you for a grocery list? Are you going to get, you know, some wine at, at the store? Or are you going to get some milk for your baby? That is essential. Frankly, I think one of the constitutional problems with this is I think there's a lot of discretion and too much discretion for law enforcement, for law enforcement right. as who, to who they're going to arrest or not arrest. And I would like to know, I actually have some friends that are Hillsborough County Sheriff's, which I haven't talked to about this yet, but I'm going to, and I'm going to ask them, what education have they gotten on this order? Is it just their, the, the sheriff saying, hey, here's what we're going to do, here's what this means? Because they take classes on a lot of these legal topics to learn what's right, what's wrong, how to handle this situation and that situation. And there's nothing tell, there's no precedent here with how to handle this situation. And let's talk for a second about penalties. If you are, uh, well, I'm not going to say arrested. If you are identified violating this curfew, it is a second degree misdemeanor. Technically in Florida, you don't have to be arrested for a second degree misdemeanor. You can get a notice to appear for a second degree misdemeanor. So what are they doing? 
Are they going to do a notice to appear? Are they actually going to take people into custody for these things? Because then what happens if they take you into custody? Right. Because now, are they going to take you into custody and take you to jail? At which point you may potentially have to sit there for two weeks in quarantine? Which is actually happening for some crimes now. Right. Right. So if that gets, so, so, you know, if you get arrested for a first degree felony or something, you're sitting in jail for 14 days quarantine, but something this minor, if that turns into a two week jail stay, now it's just crazy. Now we're, now we're smashing an ant with a hammer right. or whatever they, they say. And they're going to put you at risk by taking you off the street to take you to jail, to put you in a bullpen with other people to infect you? I don't know if it makes sense. I think the testimony at the hearing where they passed this is very telling to what you're talking about. The mayor spoke. The mayor of Tampa, she was against curfews early on. She said at that hearing, I have changed my mind because people aren't taking it serious enough. And what's her past? And her past was she was chief of police right. at the Tampa Police so Department. So she's, she's law enforcement background. Yeah, but she changed her opinion about this because it, there were too many parties that the police just didn't, you know, just didn't have the authority. He, she thought which I don't understand. Up. I don't get why they can't break up a party under the stay-at-home order, but they'll be able to bre- to do it now with the curfew. It's what if simple. what if everybody's living at that house? What if they all say we got here at nine o'clock? We're not leaving till five a.m. Well, they're, they're not breaking ask, curfew. They're going to have to ask that question. Right, that doesn't make sense. But if it's me. more than ten people, maybe. But that's violating not. But there's the not CDC. more than ten people under the. But that's what I'm saying. But they are. So they can't arrest for violating the CDC guidelines. You can't get arrested for that. Well, because now I'm, I'm going to go extreme. Now, right? How about the Duggar family? Aren't these people have like 13 kids? There's 15 people in the house. Oh yeah, but immediate family, and that's the but point of all family, these right. these little words and phrases, and every single one of these uh, laws and rules and orders are so important because it just seems like we're getting too extreme with some of the stuff, but it would just be easier if people would abide by the state. But you're saying, but you're saying that, however, regardless of how unenforceable this is or how weak this may be or how vague it may be, it's having the desired impact. If you you talk to law enforcement, because they said after the first day, there was nobody out that first day. Well, that's good. I mean, that's really good. And we're not trying to poke holes in it so much that people go out on the streets now, but... I think it's important to realize, though, you know, worst case scenario and the issues with this, let's say you get arrested for a second-degree misdemeanor, which you can. You don't yes, have absolutely. to. Absolutely. So when Pete said you don't have to, they can give you a piece of paper that's just a notice to appear and you have to show up in court. But they can arrest you. They take you to jail. You go to jail for 14 days. Then now you have to hire a lawyer or do something to try to get out of this or prove your position. Then it's going to be something that's on your record. Even the arrests are on your record. We did a podcast on that. What actually is on your record and is not on your record. Now do you have to go get that record sealed and expunged? And you only have one of those throughout your lifetime, which again, we did a podcast on sealing and expunction. All this stuff layers on top of each other. But now you're looking at a 14-day jail stay. Uh, something on your record that you have to go through a process for a criminal process. Then you have to go through another process to steal or expunge that arrest all because you were out past nine o'clock for something that may not even affect you. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's just hard to understand what is a crime that you're going to get arrested for. You know, you can get arrested and let's say you want to go into the army and try to explain the fact that you were out walking your dog uh, During during the coronavirus and now you have a criminal record. Or trying to get a job uh, where they do a background check on you and they find this. Or God out. forbid the things that can happen to you in county jail for fourteen days. That's right. Like I mean, that's that's like a life ruiner yeah, right there. That's a petri dish yeah. on its best day. Right. So I mean, I, I just this to me 
doesn't make any sense. I mean, if they if they wanted to enforce the stay-at-home order and make it more restrictive, fine. But drawing a bright line saying you can't come out of your house after 9 o'clock. Right. You know what I don't know? It's just know? confusing for people that don't understand. What I don't know, George, I don't know if you know this. Orlando did a, a curfew early on. And their curfew was very similar to what's going on in Hillsborough County. And that's kind of my next question. Yeah. Do you think this is going to spread now across the straight, this, uh, across state. the state now, uh, this curfew? Well, Manatee has got one, and theirs was before Hillsborough. Okay. Uh, so Manatee did one. Hillsborough's now done one. Also, Hillsborough's got a little different situation. We live in Pinellas County. I don't think we have this committee like they do in Hillsborough that can do these emergency orders. Well, no, we do have the, the leadership committee or whatever that Hoyt Hamilton's on. Uh, the mayor, Criticos, is on it. Uh, 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 there was like 10 guys that I absolutely right. knew who they were. And they, they were, were all... They were all Clearwater people. Right. right. All right this is a countywide in Hillsborough. There's the Plant so City Saint Mayor. Pete, Saint Pete yeah, would have to be St. Pete, Largo, Tarpon Springs. They'd all be... Unless, that's it, not gonna unless it becomes a county order, at which point the county commission votes on it. And then all the municipalities would have to sign on. I haven't heard. So I guess that's my question. Do you think this is going to spread? Especially if, like you're saying, if it had the desired effect where nobody's out past nine o'clock. If that's what they want, why don't they just issue a a full time curfew? You have to stay at your house unless you're essential and restrict what essential means. I'll tell you what I think. I think in places like Pinellas County, where we have a very strong sheriff and we've got a pretty uh, good handle on municipalities, you're not going to see this spread because the sheriff's got a good handle on what's going on here. But I think in some communities and that are having problems and they don't know what to do, you're going to see fear. Say, hey, Tampa did it, so small well, that's town what I'm saying. Florida, it, we, we're going to yeah, do it it's too. It's not exactly a small yeah. city that's doing this. That's what right. I'm saying. If it's setting the precedent that this is what actually works because the stay-at-home orders just don't work. And Plant City, the mayor of Plant City voted against this, by the way. Wow. So I mean, I can understand yeah. why. I yeah, just, he thought, he we, thought when ridiculous. we sit in rules committee, just behind the the fourth wall or whatever people right. want to talk about, when we sit in rules committees, the number one thing we talk about is, do we need this rule? Or is it just redundant? Is it just the same thing we already have another rule for? And to me, this is totally redundant. I, 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 I don't think it changes anything as far as how I read the stay-at-home order versus the curfew. If you can still do essential activities, this curfew means pretty much nothing. I, I can tell you why the planned city mayor is against it. He is in an agricultural community. You know how much happens in an agricultural community before 5 o'clock in the morning? And that was one of his arguments, by the way. Are, are people going to just regular jobs early in the morning? Are they going to be scared to leave? Are they going to be scared to go out there and, you're right, do the agricultural work, whatever But they, they didn't change. As far as I read, they did not change the definition so of either. essential activities. They, they, they just did. added on. What they did was they're scaring people. And could you yeah. imagine being somebody that works the fields? Your job is to, you know, to, to pick crops. You start your day at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I get what so you're saying. So from your perspective, the mayor or the, 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 the Hillsborough County just said, there's a curfew. Are you going to take the risk to determine, am I an essential person? Yeah. Can I do this? Yeah. Well, and, and just so people that, are, that don't actually read these orders and just read articles about them or listen to podcasts like this, explain what they say. When they go through the order, it says... Whereas, it starts out, whereas on March 1st, the governor of the state of Florida issued an executive order declaring a public health emergency. Then paragraph two, whereas on March 9th, the governor did this. Whereas on March 12th, Hillsborough County did this. On March 17th, the governor did this, this executive order, that executive order. And they go through all the previous orders and rules that have been set out. And then they say, we're going to add on to that this curfew from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. So it's not changing any of those other ones. It's just kind of following and they're showing the procedural history of how we got here. So that's kind of my confusion. If they're not going to change what's an essential activity, I don't get what this curfew actually does personally. 
I'm waiting for someone who does just go out there and walk their dog to get arrested and then just, you know, see the uproar yeah. or something like that. There is one saving grace about this particular document. It's in kind of towards the absolute end of the, the, um, of the document before the signature blocks. And it says, it is the intent of this order to seek voluntary compliance with the provisions contained herein and to educate and warn of the dangers of non-compliance. However, in the event voluntary compliance is not achieved, then in that event, and as a last resort, a violation of this order pursuant to the provisions of the section may be prosecuted. And that's procedural hell. It is. So now can we argue whether or not this was the last resort? Officer, what other resorts did you try to, or what else did you try to resort to before well, arresting them? Because this has to be your it's, last it's, it's resort. Gonna, so could you have done anything else? It's going to be like they did uh, during the Republican National Convention. Um, when they were here... It was a Republican Democrat in Tampa. Republican. Republican, yeah. right, right. You guys are looking at the Republican, I don't know where you're going. That's right. right. They arrested a lot of people. And then what they did when the convention was over, they dismissed all the charges and everybody just went home. But you still have I arrests this, on your record, right? I mean, I, I know, but I think that's what they're going to do here. That they're going to get, they're going to just these people are going to get arrested. You better not arrest me. And you try gonna, to put that on my record. And that's gonna, not, gonna that's not just go nothing. That's not just like okay, uh, handcuff this person to stop. Oh, them, I know. Arrest but, on your but, record and you move on. But, like but, that, but when we're happen. hired to defend these people, they're all going to drop the charges because how can you possibly enforce an order where it says, "Look, we want voluntary," but if I don't think you're being voluntarily okay, compliant, so what are, we're going to arrest you. What are the legal issues? Because I, I know civilly, Pete. If we file a case as a plaintiff that we know is frivolous or we know we are going to lose, there are repercussions for that. And we can get a 57105 or we have to pay attorney's fees. We can get reprimanded by the bar for filing something we know we're going to lose. Is there any repercussion for the government arresting people or charging people with things that they know are not going to stick? That has negative consequences? In this particular case, I don't think there's any consequences. Just because of the emergency order. Because the emergency order. There's an order. Law enforcement says they have an order. There's a national emergency. Uh, there's a presidential uh, decree that we're in an emergency situation. Hey, and this Lincoln, is the scary thing about too much Lincoln, government, frankly. Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln did away with habeas corpus so that people get arrested and sit in jail and never see a judge and never have a trial. Um, during World War II, we gathered up all the uh, Japanese that uh, were in California and put them in concentration camps. So, I mean, emergencies, this is what happens. And there's a risk. You hear this on the news all the time. The risk of giving up your civil liberties exactly. in order to that's be safe from these be, emergencies. That's what people need to be worried about. I mean, we talked about the payment protection plan. We talked about all the government um, aid that's coming to try to bail us out financially. We need to be careful that we're not trading in our civil liberties just for, you know, two months of rent or whatever, right. you know I mean? that That's kind of the scary part about too much government is when they start making these rules that you can't leave your house at nine o'clock or you're going to jail for two weeks. Welcome to crazy. Venezuela. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing. So. so hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. I'm not sure you got many answers, but you can understand the issues with curfews and these stay at home orders. And that's what we're going to keep harping on. Cause I really don't see a change, but if you guys have any specific questions about it, we'd be happy to answer it on social media. We can go back and forth and see what you feel about these stay at home orders or these curfews, but we'll be back with you with some more coronavirus updates later on this week. Don't let me